Hi, welcome to the Christian. Oh. <laughs> That's me staring out the window. Uh. <laughs> That's me sleeping. <laughs> oh. He needs to eat something so I could say that's me. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah, by now I would have been in the refrigerator. I would have called somebody. All right. So welcome to the Christian Indie Writers Podcast, where we inform, encourage, and support Christian indie writers on their journey to publication. I'm Christina Katane, and I write in multiple genres, including Christian dystopian fiction. I'm Jennifer Carl Tong, and I write historical Christian romance. I'm Rhonda Hagerman, and I write fiction and nonfiction. I'm Jamie Hirschberger. I write short fiction under the pen name J.R. Nichols. So thanks for tuning in, everybody, whether you're on YouTube or you're on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen to us from. We want to welcome you to our podcast. And if you like what we do, hit subscribe and like and the bell and anything else you can hit. Just hit it all. Just go crazy with the hitting. Send the- telegrams to your friends. Yeah. Share Always. us everywhere. Just, yeah. Okay. So we like to start each episode usually with me, so the host, saying, welcome to the Christianity Writers Podcast. I didn't realize we were watching the movie first. Oh, so. okay. <laughs> We've had a lot of miscommunication. I know. Oh, Today is a okay. day. Yeah. That's okay. That was fun. Um, so let's start with our what's up. So let's start with Rhonda. Oh, great. Thanks. Come <laughs> on, Rhonda. That's if we haven't abused you enough today. <laughs> Okay, let's see what's up with me. Um, I Oh, today, when I get home, it's going to be a little bit warm, and I've seen things sprouting in my garden. Ooh. So I are you going out in your garden today, Jen? Because no. I am. Because <laughs> I, really, I did not clean my gardens out properly last fall. Oh, so mm-hmm. mine are so ugly, and so as oh. I keep walking by, I'm like this. <laughs> yeah. My weeds are really low maintenance. Yeah. I don't have to do Hi. anything. They just do their thing. I let me live vicariously like, through you, Rhonda. What exactly yeah, are you doing? What are you doing excited? out there? Well, you know, picking up some old, um, you know, dead material from last year that mm-hmm. we left in the garden for winter. It's just grasses and things like that. And because we have this one grass that um, when it becomes spring hurricane season, like it looks like today's going to be, um, it all breaks off and it spreads all over the yard and it looks terrible. <clears throat> so I've probably gonna look at that you know just some church i just honestly want to get out on the yard i want to stick my fingers in the dirt for a second and that's it okay i've never read moby dick but it's almost like gardeners have that kind of relationship with their garden don't they like they're yeah. always pursuing some ideal and every year accurate. the battle begins anew right yep, and so right. you got to get out there and get an early start yep, yep. thanks adam yeah <laughs> In all in all sincerity, I probably should get out there because as you're saying that, like there's something in me that's starting to stir and it probably be very therapeutic. Is it starting to blossom? Oh. It would probably be very therapeutic for me and probably something I could really use. So, but I don't know if I want yes. to do it here or go over to my aunt's house and do it. Mm. Oh, it's even worse over there. <laughs> oh. She was not, she didn't have a green thumb. 
at all. Oh. <laughs> I can relate. I have a black thumb. Yeah, Tina and I are going to be consumers. We're going to go buy from the farm stands at the farmer's market and let mm -hmm. everybody else grow the vegetables. Because right, I have no choice because I kill them. <laughs> <laughs> so who's next? I'll go next. Okay. So um, if I could have shared the meme, I would. But if, if late last night, my friend shared a meme with me through our I'm part homeschool, part public school. My oldest daughter homeschools. The other two are still in public school. So in my little homeschool group messaging, she sent me a meme of Forrest Gump. And it said, and just like that, homeschool be was no longer optional. <laughs> like that. And I'm like, what? Yep. Became mandatory. I was like, what? And so, um, yes, all the schools in Michigan supposed to start on, on Monday, but they all started it today because who would send their kids? If um if it's so bad that we have to start quarantining, I read on Monday, that they were what? like, "Here's the thing." They were like, "Come and get your stuff and like say yep. goodbye to your teacher." Was kind of, what? and I was like, "Yeah, that's how they were phrasing it." Like, we think students need this full day of school to come to this. Like, oh. you know what I'm saying? To kind of help to with the transition of it. it. Yeah, oh, I thought maybe mm -hmm. it was to help parents arrange child care. True. Yes, that also I mean, said that. Mm -hmm. I do feel yeah. really bad for parents that, that I mean, I because I, I'm, I'm home. So this yeah. doesn't really upturn our life. It actually makes me really happy because I love having my kids around. But um, for others, I, I get it. My heart kind of aches for those parents because it is affecting everybody. And just while we were sprinting, and so my sprint is very short because um, – <laughs> My stepson is home right now oh. from college for spring break. And everybody was over here having breakfast, trying to be quiet while I was sprinting. <laughs> and my son got a message from his college and they're closing down. Of and this course. Is he was, well, he was worried because some colleges have closed for the rest of the year. Well, and he's kids, home. And he's a he's senior. Home. This is his senior year. I know. Oh, but they say till March 23rd, I think is what they said. So um, what we just said before I went live with you guys, as I said, um, I, this is hard for everybody. It's a, We've talked about this privately, all of us ladies, that uh, our husband's jobs are affected by this. We're affected by this. Like our kids now, they're schooling. But ultimately, I know God has a purpose. Isn't it interesting that we picked this topic for today? Yes. Because, I mean, we were kind of trying to not really throw it out there. But this was supposed to be part two of our staying healthy as a writer. Because yeah. Tina had pointed out that we addressed the physical stuff. And I'm sorry that I'm kind of pushing ahead. No. But I think that this is a really weird situation. And we're we're going to maybe pivot a little bit to accommodate the fact that our world is a little bit crazy right now. And Tina, and I, I say crazy, and I hate using that word because mental health is very serious. And, and we, we were saying, well, if your book drives you crazy, because we really wanted to talk about staying mentally healthy as a writer, but from a perspective where we're not physicians, we don't want to advise people medically how to take care of a mental health issue. But we do know that mental health is important as a writer. And so it's ironic or God or whatever it is that we chose to talk about this today, I feel. Right. And I know we want to, we don't want to like spend a whole lot of time talking about this, but I really just wanted to like kind of do the positive spin because I know that a lot of people feel very alone right now and are scared. And we all feel that way too. We want you to know that, but at the same time, it's like, God has a purpose in this, not just for our world as a whole, for each, for each one of us. And that's what I just said to my son. It's like, he's got a purpose for this right now, why this is happening to you right now. And so just be, just find comfort in that if you can. 
reach out to a friend. I shared, if I go to my um, Instagram account and look at my stories, I shared something that somebody else had shared about things to do instead of fear, things to do instead of worrying. And that's a great little list of things that you can do right now to keep yourself positive. So, yeah, on the Menno Ministries um, social media, I put um, a little meme with a bunch of scriptures that you can turn to if you're afraid. Um, that would be probably some of this. It's Menno Ministries, Church of the Nazarene, if you want to look it up. And Jen, you did you finish your WhatsApp? Because we might as well have Tina's then, yeah. since Tina's talking about her ministry, and I know she's got some news there. What's up, Tina? Um, well, yesterday I uh, went live with the first Bible study for we just started a new church. Yeah, it, you did a great online. job, Tina. You did a really good job with oh, your Bible thanks. study. I was so nervous and Aww. I felt like I was talking too fast and I yeah. was like, oh, I don't want to forget anything. And um, it was really strange being on there by myself and not yeah. having like you guys there to like bounce off. Of, yeah. and, you know? um, so I, there, there was a point I think it was the point where I started talking about the tools you need that I kind of forgot about the camera and I just went into Bible study teacher mode. <laughs> um, <laughs> I totally missed this. Was this on YouTube, Facebook Live, or both? Both. Both. Okay, so we can go. Anyone watching this can go back and watch this. Yeah, if you go to my Facebook page, you'll find it because we shared it, and um, we can go to the church website, which is venomministries.com, and you can you can find it there. And spoiler alert, you didn't miss anything if you missed the first one, because Tina was just basically giving us our, like, instructions for how to do Bible study her way. So if you wanted to watch it, you wouldn't be coming in and feeling like you're behind. You would right. be starting right at the beginning, right with Tina. And Tina does, like, a soaking thing when she does Bible study. If you're really into learning about what was going on in that time or whatever, that's the kind of stuff Tina really digs. So I, I'm curious yeah, I think to see you could how it come goes. in halfway through and probably not be behind because um, it's, it's like, that's the way it's designed is like, you could catch up really fast because we are not going fast at all. So. Yeah. And I don't like Bible studies, but when Tina led our devotions at our retreats, I was very surprised and refreshed by it. And so I can just say, if you're looking for someone to study the Bible with, she's great. She's totally approachable. She'll answer your questions. She's not scary and intimidating. Like, I don't know. Sometimes you get with people mm -hmm. who are doing a Bible That's study. That's my so. kids. Even when I try. <laughs> and it's great they laugh at me. It's you're doing it as live too, because people can ask questions live. They can comment yeah. right then as opposed to recording it and then putting it up, which is one of the reasons if people go back and watch our podcast, originally we recorded. And we um, did live. Remember how scared we were to do the first live? Yeah. Nano, our, our first Nano as a podcast. I and almost forget there are people paying attention now. It's weird. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and so after we did that, then I was, I think it was me that was like, we should do them all live. And they're like, mm. and then it just kind of <laughs> happened. And it's so much better because we can communicate with people that are like have questions or that, that you guys can share with us we just love it so that's, uh, that's awesome that you're doing your bible study that way Gigi apparently watched because now she's calling me out about the homework like i feel personally attacked even though she didn't even say my name <laughs> she's like just be sure to read the intro to john because tina gave us homework oh, to read thanks for watching Gigi. Yeah. yeah so she she obviously is uh keeping up with the homework there oh yeah, no do your homework. Guess, oh yeah and we're supposed to read john like a hundred times between now and next no, week i didn't say that i said uh, as you can. You're a taskmaster, Tina. The more that me. you read it, the more you're going to absorb and get the feel for the book of John. 
Well, I'm going to audiobook it. But I feel like we're going off on the wrong topic. We need to talk about the Christian Indie Writers podcast. Well, if she's going to let just anyone join her Bible study, she needs to get used to some harassment. So I'm going to be like throwing the tomatoes at her and stuff. I just got to do my imitation of Jamie just then. Mm, You're such a taskmaster. Like you're just, I hope people understand that like you're totally kidding. Because one minute you're like, oh, she's such a great Bible study teacher, blah, blah, blah. What a taskmaster. <laughs> yeah, I am like. I, I am a homeschool mom, so I am not afraid to assign homework. That's all yeah. I Yeah, and then I can play rebellious teenager. This is going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm going to like refuse I, to do my homework unless she oh, like withholds the Wi-Fi password I from wish me. I, had, I wish I had the thing on my phone. I could pause your internet. Oh, if you don't snap. do your homework, <laughs> I have Uh-oh. that for our house. I can pause anybody's internet that I want to in the house. That's so all. Awesome. Wow, that's like that's you're awesome. grounded. <laughs> so, hey, Shell is chiming we- in. Yeah, yeah, who's Shell? Is that someone's buddy? Shell is new. Uh, Shell has followed us on social media and has uh, commented and stuff. So, I think this might be your first time in chat, Shell. I'm not sure, but we um, appreciate you being here. Appreciate you fitting us in as long as you can. And you can always watch this later. But please yeah, and shout it. out to Robin. I see Robin. Yep. I feel like that girl in Romper Room, remember, she would have that thing and she'd go, I see Jane. I always <laughs> waited for my name. And she wish she never would say my name. I'm like, come on, you said a name that I never heard before. Can't you say Jamie? Does anyone know what I'm even talking about? Yeah, I totally no. know. I never yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. I so grew up Tina- in Alaska. We didn't have very much TV up there. So. Did you have like the Aldi brand of romper room? Was it called like jumping <laughs> space? No, I think, you know, we had like three channels and my mother pretty much had control of them. So, so oh. for people watching Rhonda, Jamie and I are all like months apart in age. Like we are very close in age and we all three grew up very close, like all within Southeastern Michigan area. So like even TV shows that are just Southeastern Michigan, we get like, we, we, like mm-hmm. we have similar jokes. And I, that one I think is, was larger than that. So like, we're sorry for all these inside jokes, but we enjoyed them. That's just don't bring up the Bozo show because Tina oh. will tell you her Bozo show story. Oh, right? right. Were we going to have to save that for another day, Tina? Don't you have a Bozo show story? No, oh, I wrong, don't even know what you're friend. talking about. <laughs> that makes it even better. It's our next word sprint. Oh, well, hi, I could just- Gigi. Oh, hi, Gigi. Oh, yeah, Gigi was in here earlier. Yes. Okay, so um, did I say my what's up? My what's up can be look up Romper Room if you never saw it. And also I will say happy and sad that my husband has no work. Boo hoo. But my husband is coming home. Yay. So Yay. if we're all on lockdown, at least we'll be together. So happy me. And that's my what's up. Lockdown mm-hmm. in your with your hubby. I know. I'm so upset. I think the kids Isn't, will play outside a lot. Have any little surprise <laughs> packages in nine months? Uh, well, hope <laughs> not. Oh my gosh, that would be so bizarre. But I mean, you know, I guess we could name it Corona. Oh, a baby. <laughs> <laughs> and then gosh. sing to it, my Corona, <laughs> and stuff like that when we're changing its diaper and everything. I probably shouldn't share this, but my husband had poison ivy really bad, really oh, bad my goodness. one time, and that was the same month that I ended up getting pregnant for Chloe. No idea how, because I kept away from him. I'm not sure. I just really think it was Immaculate Conception. And I wanted so bad to name her Ivy. (laughs) (laughs) He figured it would scar her for life to know. Yeah, to even talk about, oh, how did your parents come up with that name? Yeah, Uh, well, let me just tell you. All right. Shell says, yes, first time live, bringing old episodes up to number 10 now. This oh. is what I remember about Shell was on our, she commented. Oh, on yeah, I remember now. And I was like mortified. Oh, please don't go watch the old ones. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I had to like number 25. professional now, but 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not we're that professional now, but we certainly weren't. <sighs> yeah, that's true. Very true. Yeah, like remember how long Tina took to do her makeup in the beginning? I think she even had someone come over. That's behind and... the scenes. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> I did not have someone come over. <laughs> okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> I'm the host, so can I mute people? Yeah. Do I have the power? I have the power. Wait, hold, why have I not done this before? There you go. Bye, Jamie. <laughs> Just kidding. You're back. Oh, okay. So like we mentioned earlier, this week's top topic is Poco Loco. And for those of you who don't know, that's Spanish for a little bit crazy. Um, so staying sane when your book is making you crazy. So... We watched our fun little video at the beginning with, uh, oh, what is his name? Billy just, Crystal. Right. Billy Crystal. I don't remember Crystal. the character's name. I don't know the character's trying name. Trying to. Throw Mama from the Train, Billy Crystal's character's name. I'm trying to communicate. I barely remember that movie. Oh, so. no, Owen. Yeah, no, Owen was the other guy. Oh, that was the brother. Owen. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't even know if this movie's appropriate. That's like from it's really not. Well, time. I mean, someone's gonna isn't. say it's not. No matter how appropriate it is or isn't, someone's right. gonna say it's not. So let's not endorse it. Maybe. But we did like that scene because that just like writers find themselves in that position all the time, right? Like you're stuck. Whether it's you can't figure out how the night was, or it's because you can't figure out what your people are supposed to be doing in the scene, or the writing just stinks and you can't figure out why. You just want to take your whole machine and chuck it into the you know road or whatever. You're just frustrated. So that's why we wanted to have this talk today. Right. So let's let's uh, share some of our personal things that have driven us crazy that is great english isn't that right there drove yeah it was wonderful man it was beautiful yeah <laughs> who wants well, shakespeare to can make up words you can so that's right who wants to share something personal that they that has driven them crazy while they were writing um i think i brought up the this writing is terrible what am i going to do about it from a deep personal scar <laughs> Like, here's the thing. I write drafts and then I'm like, I don't want to edit that. So I leave it alone for like decades. And then I go back and I'm a different writer because I write every day. So I'm like, wow, this writing is bad. And then the work to fix it is so hard. But then you're like confused. Is it still bad? Am I really a better writer today than I was like? And I just get all in my head about is this writing any good? Does anybody care about this story? I don't care about it because I've already read it 500 times trying to edit it. And I just get like, blah, you know what I mean? And ready to just quit. Oops. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> For me, what I, my, my experience is very similar because the first book I wrote, like seriously sat down, like this is my career I'm going to write. Um, is book three, which I'm still editing. And everybody, when I was starting out, every conference I went to said, oh, your first book will be garbage. You just, you end up throwing it out. And I'm like, I'm spending so much time on this. I am not throwing this out. It's great. Well, then I wrote books one and two, and now I come to book three and I'm like, oh, it's garbage. But what am I going to do? I don't have a choice. I've written a series around this book. <laughs> I even have book four done. So it's like, I have to do this. So that's what's driving me crazy is this, this is the expectation I put on myself. And that now that is worldwide because my books have been you know published and sold and people are waiting. So that drives me crazy. And I think that makes it worse for me because I, um, I'm just so like 
in my head about like, oh, this, this has to be as good as the other two when it's just, I was a different writer. And so a lot of it is getting rewritten, which is good. That's good stuff. What about you, Rhonda? What makes you crazy when you're writing? Well, it's not really so much when I'm writing because um, there's a number of things. I can't think of the right word. Um, the words <laughs> just aren't coming out, you know, just a lot of things. But really my main problem is things outside of my writing world that drive me mm. absolutely insane. And <clears throat> writing is sort of my escape. Ooh. But the problem is I don't make enough time to do extra writing for stress relief. Wow. Because the problem I have is that I feel like everything's got to be perfect before I can sit down and start writing. You know, I've got to have yeah. the dishes done. I've got to have yeah. um, just the chores done. And I've got to have the quiet space and I've got to have food and, you know, so I just, yeah. That's because it problem. feels like an indulgence to you, right? And then you feel yeah. a little bit guilty for indulging in the the wonderful world that is your own imagination. Yep. Yeah. I'm so <clears> glad <throat> I don't have to have the chores done before I write or I'd never write. <laughs> never. I just want, okay, so like. I don't know when it's appropriate to throw this in here, but I think maybe now, since I'm thinking of it, why not? Why not just say every thought that comes into your head, Jamie? Why not? Um, but I feel like this is going to sound really strange, but okay. I never kind of understood when the Jewish people, okay, go with me here. When they were put into the ghettos before they were sent away to Auschwitz, they were really... Um, they really were focused on making sure their art survived. Um, they had art materials for the children. They taught music lessons. They um, painted, they drew, they wrote. And they insisted that they not let the art stop because that was their humanity. So Rhonda, I just wanna like encourage you that when you engage in art, you are celebrating God's creation. Because you are exploring his creation, which is you. And I think that there's value in it. And so I just want to encourage you to like indulge in that because you're being very worshipful. And it's a very merry sort of a way to be if you want to look at it in a Martha and Mary kind of scenario. Like, why not sit at the feet of Jesus and just hedonistically drink up all you can? Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Go for it. Not only that, we were made in the image yep. of God and creating is the attribute of God. And so when you think about it, that creator that he put into us is a, is a reflection of who he is. And it isn't anything I don't think Rhonda would know. I'm more saying it for the benefit of listeners who may not know. Cause I think that Rhonda already knows this, right? Like, it's kind of mm -hmm. like, you know, self-care is important, but do you actually go and take a bubble bath? And then you don't. Right. And then people say, well, self-care is important. You're like, I know self-care is important, <laughs> but still you just like, you know, um, every once in a while, you just want your girlfriends to say, you deserve, you can, you should, you ought to. So that's what mm -hmm. I'm trying to do for everybody. I struggle with that too. And before I was homeschooling my daughter, when it would get bad, I would just leave the house. Like, and I would know that it was still there, but there's something psychological about getting out of my house and going anywhere else so that it's not staring at me. Because my thing is, I think I can cram way more into five minutes than I can, way more into an hour than I can. So I think, you know, what, I'm just gonna do the dishes really quick and then I'll have time to write. And before I know it, it's time for my girls to get home from school. Mm -hmm. and that's so for me, it's so much better to leave the house and get out of there. Rhonda, you're having your headphone issues. Oh, there we go. It stopped. Okay. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, that. everybody. 
Um, so for, for me, um, this whole idea about being a better writer is what drives me crazy. Mm-hmm. I, sometimes I feel like I need to stop watching um, the little things that I watch to improve my craft because um, I'm going to get to the end of my book and have to go rewrite it more, another time because I feel like, like, okay, so I wrote this thing 10 years ago. And then I started working on it. And then after a year or something working on it, I was a completely different writer and I had to go rewrite the whole thing from scratch. And then, so I took two years to rewrite it and now I'm in the editing and I, I feel that way again when I'm going back to the beginning parts that I wrote two years ago, that I'm a different writer than I was then and I've grown. And so it's like, I can't seem to catch up with the cycle and um, that drives me crazy. Mm. Yeah. You know what else drives me crazy is that um, it's so much easier for me to do marketing than I mean, the writing comes easy. It's the editing. Would you guys all agree that really the writing, mm. we like the writing, right? Mm-hmm. It's for me, it's telling everybody else what to do that comes easy. It's doing it myself that is difficult. <laughs> I'm really good at solving your problem, why you can't figure it out, but solving my own problem seems to be, I don't know, a roadblock. It's something like a moat and a beam. I don't know. I don't know. I think that's a common thing, though. It's so much easier to solve other people's problems than to solve Right. It's kind of like maybe we should edit each other's book and just give each other co-writing credit. So I'll go in and fix all of your bad stuff, Jennifer. You come in and fix all of my bad stuff, Jennifer. Then we don't have to do it. And we could just say co-written by Jennifer Tong. And then it would be like, oh, yeah, I don't have to do that part that really stinks on ice. I kind Let's of feel like that's that. what we already do. Like I said, <laughs> you might All right, it's done. No, I'm just I, 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 the problem I with that is sometimes, like, Jamie will have a great idea how to fix things. But when she gives her version of the of how she would write it, it's not my words. Mm-hmm, like it's right. not how I would say it. Mm-hmm. And so I had to take her advice, erase the way she would say it and say it how I would say it. Well, there's only so many ways to say spacecraft, Tina. So you have to forgive me. <laughs> I, I tried to, to make there are no spacecraft in my book. So I don't know where that There goes. are now because I got a hold of it. No, just kidding. No, there, I mean, so there, there, this is a whole nother topic, right? Like how to work with yeah. the editor would be a great episode. But I would just say that, yes, I, I agree with you. But there were some things that Jamie wrote that I'm like, that's exactly how I would say it. And I would just right. take it because we have a relationship. I think the longer right. you like with an editor, which Jamie's not just my editor, but the longer you work with somebody, the more that they understand your voice and hear your voice and the feedback they give, they can give it in your voice. But yeah, there mm-hmm. are, that's, that's a personal choice too, but that doesn't drive me crazy. So that's kind of off topic. So sorry. Okay. Well, I, before we run out of time, I would like to transition us over um, to a more, the more serious topic of real mental health issues that um, probably have nothing to do with writing your book, but it may affect your writing your book. And so because I'm not a men- mental health professional, I went to the professionals. Um, so on the Mayo Clinic website, which the Mayo Clinic is an actual hospital in Minnesota. It's similar to our U of M University Hospital here. Um, I like to go to reputable sources for my information. So I just want you to know, I didn't just Google this. I went, I, I specifically went to Mayo Clinic and then searched depression symptoms in Mayo Clinic's website. 
Um, so I'm going to read you a list of symptoms. And this is something that is a different. This is something that has changed in your life for at least two weeks and is going on every day, almost all day. So like some of you might not have insomnia, but you've had insomnia for years. That wouldn't necessarily be a sign of depression. Does that make sense? Right. Well, we're looking for a change in behavior is what a we're looking for. A change in behavior that has lasted at least two weeks and is disrupting your life. So feelings of sadness, tearfulness, emptiness, or hopelessness is the first one. Angry outbursts, irritability, or frustration, even over little small things. You know, someone put the toilet paper roll on wrong. If you have toilet paper. <laughs> 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 Loss of interest in ple or pleasure in things that you normally love to do. Uh, sex, hobbies, or sports, whatever it is. Gardening, <laughs> if you normally love to do that, and then you've just lost all interest. So sleep disturbances. And again, this is a change from normal, which would be sleeping too much or not sleeping at all or having uh, very little sleep, not being able to sleep. Tiredness and lack of energy. So that even small tasks take extra effort. I've and this actually, is where you have to be careful because a lot of times you think, well, I'm a mom. Of course I'm tired. Right. So you have to make sure that you're paying attention. Right. So this would be a change. Like, you know, wow, you're tired because you have kids. But this is a change from that. And right. I've had, I've actually had a diagnosis of major depression. And this particular symptom to me feels like you're trying to move through wet cement. And everything you do, you have to, you know, moving your fingers is an effort, like that kind of tiredness. Um, the next one, reduced appetite uh, with weight loss or increased cravings for food with, with weight gain. And again, a change from the normal. Um, anxiety, agitation, or restlessness. Slowed speaking, thinking, or body movement. So you just like the sloth on the on that one show, what is it, Madagascar or something? Where they just move really slow. What movie am I thinking of? It's they a do something. Yeah. Um, feelings of worthlessness or guilt, fixating on past failures or blaming yourself over things that have happened in the past. I heard a psychotherapist say one time that anxiety is caused by focusing too much on the future. Depression is caused by focusing too much on the past. And so, and so they give you these breathing exercises so that you can be in the moment where you're not too much in the future or the past. Um, so trouble thinking, concentrating, making decisions, and remembering things. Frequent or recurrent thoughts of death, suicidal thoughts, suicidal attempts, or suicide. Um, and I was going to give you the phone number for the suicide prevention hotline, but in my research this week, listening to therapists online, they are not giving that to people. They are saying, if you have suicidal ideations, if you feel like killing yourself, if you've made a plan, call 911 immediately. Just reach okay. out, please. So just call 911, call your mom, call your husband, call your best friend. Do, you know, don't, because most suicides happen within 10 minutes of the idea becoming, like you get this urge, you get this compulsion to do it. And then you, most people do it within 10 minutes. So the minute you feel that way, please reach out. Um, unexplained physical symptoms such as back pain, headaches, stomach aches, things like that, that you've gone to the doctor for, and there's no explanation for. 
Um, Sage uh, is sharing, and I just wanted to point out, she has a diagnosis that she got years ago, and she's been doing well, but she found herself getting out to confront people twice in one week, not me. Wow, Sage, I'm so happy that you found help, um, and, you know, we're here for you, and thanks for being vulnerable so we know how to pray for you. If you care to share what your diagnosis is, that's that's also, um, you know, we're we're open to hearing that. Thanks for being vulnerable. Yeah, um, you know, it's important that you pay attention. Tina, thanks for actually going and researching all of that because we are not experts, but we do know that that writers struggle. It's a it's a solitary job that you have communicating your thoughts to the world. And it's also painful if you're if you're creating art. Um, I would love to do a podcast uh art versus entertainment and what is the purpose of your novel. If you really feel like you're creating art, you are basically putting your innards on display for the world. And that can really take you through a process maybe, or a journey of your own, uh, what's going on inside of you, right? Because that's how you do art. So when you go and dig and uncover things, it can be a little tricky and try to make sure that you're reaching out to people and communicating what's going on with you. Right. And um, I just want to say that if you think somebody that you love might be having symptoms of being suicidal, you can go to suicidepreventionlifeline.org and they have a list of things to be aware of, of warning signs that you can look for. And my heart is just so full right now, Tina, because you are giving this information because if you are struggling with mental health, the takeaway is we care about you and we want you to stick around and we want you to, to be around exactly. and we want to work with you. People who care about you want you to be well and healthy. So that's why China's jumping right to suicide prevention because we, you know, a mental health condition can be stigmatized and we want you to know not by everybody because we're here to love you through it, you know? Exactly. So stick and I, around. And I would like to say, too, that even if you're not feeling suicidal, if you're not feeling as if that is what you're going through, but some of these things that Tina mentioned kind of ring true for you, not everybody who is depressed feels suicidal. And that doesn't mean that you don't deserve to get the care that you need. And that doesn't mean exactly. you don't deserve to take care of this because we love you. And I was going to say that earlier on in this episode is we really love our listeners and our chatters and it just we appreciate all that you guys do for us we love each other the four of us um we are in contact all week long and when i was going through uh the mourning period with my aunt uh with her death like these ladies were here like every single time i needed them and even times that i didn't think i needed them you know so um get a group get be with people even when you don't feel like it especially when you don't feel like it right my son is in counseling right now for depression and his therapist said isolation is your number one worst enemy mm-hmm. and so that's i would say that's true for anybody that's feeling depressed or down well sage has to run um she said that she's been working on uh some issues there in the chat if anybody cares to scroll up but we we mm-hmm. care about you sage and thank you for being vulnerable we'll pray yep. for you Yes. Yeah, you look on your book launch tomorrow. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Rhonda. That's all right. <laughs> all right. Rhonda finally says something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so if nobody else has anything 
burning that they need to say. I think it's time to move on to the feeding of the backs. What do you guys think? Hooray! So we call it the feeding of the backs because we give feedback. This is a 15-minute sprint. There's no editing. There's no pre pre-planning. There's just 15 minutes and your keyboard. And so we only give positive feedback about the pieces that we write. And um, today's prompt, who wants to go first? We'll have them give today's prompt. I'll go first. I don't mind. Okay. Okay. The prompt was in honor of poor Billy Crystal and throw mama from the train. We took on the night was, which is what he was typing. If you notice in the very beginning scene. So what would we, how would we finish Billy Crystal's sentence that was driving him un poco loco? So here we go. The night was perfect for snuggling together on the couch and watching a movie. The kids squealed with delight when mom swung the van door open to reveal bulging grocery sacks. They scrambled to help carry them in, knowing that doing so would give them the first peek inside. Dad led the charge, and before long, many hands had made light work of putting everything where it belonged. Mama, meanwhile, had started the popcorn and the chicken wings. The aroma of promised delights fueled everyone to continue preparations. Someone went in search of an HDMI cable, while others fished in the cracks of the sofa to find the missing television remote. Finally, the snacks were done, and the spots on the sofa were claimed. Everyone sat down with a plate of food, except for Mama, whose heart had quadrupled in size, leaving very little room for tasty snacks. The children quirked a quizzical brow when Mama insisted she doesn't care who gets her last portion of the remaining chicken wings. But every Mama everywhere completely understands. That's it. Is that the Aww. end? Oh, that's a sweet story. Is that autobiographical? It's a little <laughs> bit, except we don't have a van. <laughs> it's creative fiction, right? Or creative nonfiction, right, Rhonda? Is that what Oh, yeah. Is? Another one for the file. Yeah, that's yeah, proud of you. Because I'm very excited about my hubby going to be home. I mean, you know what? Like, we might go broke and lose the house, but who cares? We're going to have three weeks to party together. So we're just going to go down with the ship. Whoop, whoop. We're not going to stop playing our little orchestra or whatever, you know? He could but, always get a job delivering toilet paper. Right, starting <laughs> up right? a factory, making it. If I had, if I had a million dollars, that's what I do right now. I'd open an antibiotic factory, or a rubber glove factory, or a mask factory, or something. Is this too much information to share online? That I have a bidet, so I have no need for toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> I think I Jennifer right like now. <laughs> Okay, I'm going to go next so that we don't have me talking all of it at the end. Okay. Sometimes the... You mentioned a bidet in your... Yeah. Not come, no. By the way, right? Like, she's like, oh, since you mentioned bidets. Anyway. Um, mine is not autobiographical at all. So, here we go. The night was eerily quiet. No wind rustled through the papery leaves hanging onto their branches with the last of their strength. No owls hooted from high in the trees. There were no scurrying sounds of little paws in the undergrowth. Even the crickets had ceased playing their symphonies. Robin held her breath, almost as if the sound of her breath would alert something out there of her whereabouts. Afraid to take a step, afraid to move at all, she stood frozen on the dark path that led to the lake, listening to the silence. 
trying to sense what it was that was out there that had sent even the moon into hiding behind the clouds. Ooh. Then the moment passed and the wind picked up, causing the dr- dry tree branches to shake off their leaves the way Robin shook the snow off her mittens in the winter. The leaves danced and did pirouettes on their way to the forest floor. An owl hooted from somewhere in the distance. Scurrying sounds came from somewhere in the underbrush to Robin's right. The moon came out from its hiding place, lighting the path and sending its light to shimmer on the surface of the lake. Robin quickly made her way to the water's edge and knelt to fill her bucket. Little Annie had a fever, and the fresh water would soothe her throat and cool her forehead. She peered at the dark shadows beneath the tree line across the lake, and a sense of foreboding filled her. Something was out there watching her. Something dark and powerful. Something that wanted to devour her. Her bucket full, she ran back up the path toward home. The bucket hitting her leg and sloshing water into her shoe. She had broken into the yard from the trees when she heard it. The screeching roar of a big cat, almost like the cry of a woman. It sent shivers up Robin's spine. She ran faster, keeping her eyes fixed on the door, behind which was warmth and safety. The thuds of something heavy running through the trees behind her sent Robin's stomach into her throat. She tried to scream, but all that came out was a little squeal, and then she tripped, her bucket rolling away onto the grass. Three, two, one. Wow. 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 So much good. Mm-hmm. So good. Thanks. Wow. The pirouetting leaves and the hiding moon. And you wrote like 10,000 words that were good. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I'm impressed if I can squeak out a hundred that are coherent and like, wow. Wow. See, I've got to tell you that you're writing since the first day I met you. Okay. All I'm going to say is that you must not have to spend much time editing at all anymore because your sprints are just so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if I could only, you know, do that for 80,000 words. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, like it's yeah. easy to do it for 15 minutes. Sprints <laughs> and marathons are different things, aren't they? Okay, so Rhonda, I think you said that your computer is running out of battery. And yeah, you so yeah Rhonda, record. in case you get shut down on us, but let's try and hear your story, maybe. Yeah, she so why you going to write hers? Because we remember we forgot oh, about her. Oh, <laughs> Remember the crazy making morning that we've all had? Just I forgot. I'm like, oh, we need to make sure we have time for Rhonda's story. And meanwhile, right. we blew getting her the prompt. I mean, we really blew it with her today. We feel so bad. Poor Rhonda. Anyway, um, if she disappears on us, it's because her computer shut down. So bye, Rhonda, just in case. Uh, Rhonda, okay. when is your birthday? Yeah. What August. August. And August. Jamie, when's your birthday? October. And mine's May. So really, you are the middle child. We're treating you like the middle child. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> Would I be the firstborn? Because I'm a lot older than you guys. Yes, we'll let you be the yeah. firstborn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I get to boss you all around. Is that well, what Jennifer's the mom. That makes me the baby. <gasps> I've never gotten to be the baby. Oh, boy. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> We'll take this off off camera. Anyway, so Jennifer's the mom. Yeah, let's get Jennifer all of the work. Jennifer gets no chicken wings. Anyway, (laughs) what what do you have for us? Did you write a a story for us, Jennifer? I did. It is incredibly short because, as I said at the beginning of the episode, um, I was distracted by what was going on, you know, in the background. But this is what I wrote. The night was hot and humid, just like July nights, but like most July nights in Michigan. 
It was nights like this that Leanne missed New Mexico the most. It was hotter there, sure, but not hot like this. Not hot, like close your throat off, suffocate your whole body hot. Leanne longed to rip her tank top off, the fabric of the shirt clinging wetly to her like an unwanted second layer of skin that only worsened the feeling of drowning. But even in the solitude of the dark of her back patio, where no one would see her standing in her shorts and sports bra, she couldn't bring herself to do it. What was she thinking, renting an apartment in a building that wasn't finished and that did not have air conditioning yet? Mm. Just then, she remembered the swimsuit Marnie had given her. She swore she would never be caught out in public in it, but no one would see her here. (laughs) Then the thought of her swimsuit brought another idea. She could take a shower first, a cold shower, in the suit, then sleep out here in the lounge chair. She didn't need to worry about mosquitoes on a night like this. Even those pesky annoyances were too hot to bother anyone. If only there were a breeze. Leanne froze in place, her hand still on the handle of the sliding glass door. The male voice was near, but she wasn't certain where. I she knew it. Turned. I can't write without, right? <laughs> I thought he was going to show up when she was in the bathing suit. Sorry, no, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. A couple more sentences. <laughs> Who's there? She squeaked, then cleared her throat, angry at herself for letting her fear be evident. I'm sorry, came the voice. I thought you saw me. The paltry light of the waning moon gave little illumination, but enough for her to make out the shadow of the man who was now stepping around the divider that separated her three, two, one. I I know I had so much to say, but at that moment, my son was over here and I I really felt like I I needed to talk to him, you know? And so where I was heading though, was that like, She's not the only person in this apartment building like she thought. Of course, they're right <laughs> next to each other. Of course. <laughs> and of course, you know, he's super handsome, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> of course. Perfect. Maybe he's know. not super handsome and he has just major redeeming qualities. Well, he's going to for sure be a man after God's own heart because, you know. Maybe he's mm-hmm. ugly but has air conditioning. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I said redeeming qualities. <laughs> So this isn't your baseball story. <laughs> um, I can- oh no, your ear! You did the mute thing. You pushed the mute. Yeah. <laughs> How about now? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> it could be any one of those. Actually, all these sprints that I do, it seems like that any of them could fit into that contemporary. So yeah, mm-hmm. we'll see. That's I don't know. In your scene writing, you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna translate well. I love the paltry moonlight. Very good. Thank you. I hope I used the word right. <laughs> it's a spread. I so. Yeah. I think I did. Nobody noticed if you didn't. But since we're sharing these out loud, like fresh, with people that we really don't know, we love our chatters, but we really don't know them. Like, do you guys ever find yourself when you're writing going, gosh, I hope that's the right word? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I just feel like this is unedited, covers a multitude of sins, and yeah. I just go with it, you know? I hope. Usually when I'm reading it back, when I'm going, oh, I just said that was like four times of the same sentence. Yeah. <laughs> and I discovered that as I was reading it, I corrected something. Me too. But I was already on to the next sentence before I realized I corrected it. So sorry. Like, I guess I edit itself. Edit. Oh, there goes. Oh, there goes Ron the house dad. Bye, she, doesn't, she doesn't have to tell us what's next. <laughs> I know. I think she planned this. Yeah. She really hates that section. Aww, um, I just have to say to Robin, I did not have you in mind. Don't take that personally when I <laughs> use that name. When you said Robin, I was like, oh. <laughs> I didn't even consider the fact that we had a listener named Robin. Yeah, I Robin probably would have used I a different name. not do cold weather. And yeah. <laughs> oh, there's Ron, now our Rhonda is in the conversation. But With her evil laugh. <laughs> yeah. 
So she says she wasn't thinking about you, Robin, but next week when the character's name is Gigi, we'll see how she decided that. <laughs> yeah. And here's the thing. I got to say, Gigi is a good little cheerleader, isn't she? She's yes, thank you, there saying, I know. Yeah, she's she like, is. For the compliment. Like, thank so you, Gigi. supportive. We really appreciate that. If you're listening yeah. to this, you need to come on over to YouTube and watch our chat, like read through the chats, because our listeners are just very supportive and just great, great people. We love them. Yeah, yeah we it's do. almost like we could spend a whole episode just reading our chat, but that would um, kind of not work. But anyway, they're great. <laughs> they're really great. Yeah. Okay, right. so let's move on to what's next. Did everybody read theirs? I, it's because Rhonda didn't read. I, yeah, I like that. It's, but we're not complete without she her. Said she is different. Yeah. She's still going to do the sprint. So we will uh, tweet that out later when she shares that with us. She may not know that we're going to tweet that out later. But I know the person in charge of social media for the Christian Indie Writers podcast. So there you go. I'm going to take executive privilege and go first. Yeah. Because my what's next is really short and sweet and to the point. I need to get my butt in gear and get the editing done. Mm. The editing fixes done. So what? Yeah. Are, where are you right now in your editing process? Not very like, far because oh, okay. I've been sick and oh. um, I've been really anemic. And so mm-hmm. whenever I sit down to write. I into our topic today? Um, I think maybe not. Okay. Um, if, if people want to talk about that privately, we can do that. Awesome. I think that it's, um, Tina, yeah, I mean, I get where you're at because it's just a matter of like doing the work. Like I was saying about the book that I wrote that is just terrible. It is fixable because all I need to do is be my own editor, do for myself what I would do if Jen sent me a book or if Riley sent me a book, my daughter or whoever. But I just like don't want to do it. You know what it is, is because I I feel like helping somebody else it has value. It's like the whole thing Rhonda struggles with, right? But helping myself doesn't feel like it has the same value, maybe. You don't feel like like, you have value. Yeah, right. We've been talking about that. So I guess I'll talk about how my own mental health issues have affected my writing. And it's because and I just was sharing that with the girls, because I really have self worth issues that really creep into every realm of my life, not just the writing. And um, so it's interesting, because my my writing, a lot of it, I've I've really started, I guess you would call it prayer journaling or something. So like I'm addressing God directly as I write and I've been doing a lot of work and realizing these things has been really helpful. It's been opening um, my eyes up to things that I feel have been blocking me mm-hmm. and it's just been really great. So I I just appreciate that the, the work that the Lord is doing. And, and at the yeah, same time, that's painful because you have to rip off some scabs. Yeah, it's Lord funny. It's ironic or God or coincidence, whatever. I always like to say it's God because of my faith. So anyway, but we are studying the metamorphosis of a butterfly in our American Heritage Girls troop. And we're talking about how there's always a process. And I, I told my husband, it's like, I feel like I'm breaking out of a chrysalis. And I don't know if it's going to be just a bigger, fatter worm that comes squirting out of there or if it's going to be some kind of a butterfly. You know, everybody wants to be the monarch butterfly, right? But uh, no, I might still just be a bigger, fatter worm. And that's okay because I still feel like I'm kind of leveling up or... I don't know. I'm reaching a new place in my faith and in my self worth and my identity in Christ. And it's just been really refreshing. I just hope people still like the new fat caterpillar because the old fat caterpillar was always trying to please everybody. Well, Mm. some of us become moths. So, you know, yeah, 
I might be a moth because I'm I'm pretty dumb. I'll fly right into a candle that would burn me up. Yeah. You are not a little bit dumb. Stop it. But I do love that you're sharing this because I think that like a lot of people when they watch this might be in that part where it's the painful part and can't yeah. see the chrysalis yet. Can't see that the fact that like they're forming a chrysalis around themselves and they're going to well, emerge from this. And that's yeah. good for us to share those things. For sure. And dig this. A lot of people don't even get the blessing of understanding. They don't get the blessing of understanding how their suffering is fitting into the big picture, right? Mm -hmm. I think about all those women who like wandered the desert and were possibly like married off to some guy they didn't give a fig about and they live these dirty, dusty, desperate lives only to be a footnote in a chapter of the lineage of the birth of the Messiah, right? Oh, like only, yeah. yeah. Right, 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 right. And they don't right. know. They don't know. They, they live these lives of probably horrible, thirsty desert abusive husband, whatever. And, and they, they have no idea that they were part of this big plan. So I think it's really a blessing when you are able to see how your suffering fits into the plan, or you can imagine that you can see it. It's really a gift if you, if you can get to that place. So right. I appreciate the gift, even though I would never get in line for the suffering. <laughs> right. But well, who you would? don't have to stay in the suffering, right? I think right. That's, that's, you're an example of that. Right. Like, I think you're the, it's either you or my friend, Amanda, but that, that, point out that baby chicks, if you try to help them hatch out of the egg, they'll die. They'll die. They have to hatch themselves out of the egg and it's hard and it's like a struggle. Um, and, but they, they do emerge. And so you have to go through this, whatever it is you're going through, you have to go through this in order to be able to emerge and be what it is that God has planned for you. And so if anyone who's listening is struggling right now, um, you don't have to stay in the struggle. But with God's help, you will emerge. So, Amen. Amen. It's the same with a butterfly. If you t try to help it out of the chrysalis, it needs the struggle to to develop the strength to fly. And, and I just if have, you try mm -hmm. to help it too soon; it won't be able to fly. So, yeah. And I just have to say, I know I was joking around about how surely I'm a moth because of whatever self-deprecating funny thing I was trying to be. But really, all I was trying to say is, I'm prepared for it to be whatever God needs it to be. Right. I, I mean, if I'm a butterfly meant to soar and sail, fine. But if I'm if I'm quote unquote just a silkworm or just an inchworm or just a caterpillar, whatever. Because I'm a part of the body of Christ and fulfilling a, a specific purpose, whatever I am. So right. I'm ready for it to be whatever God needs it to be. I don't have any expectations. So awesome. That's where I'm at. Okay, Jennifer, what's next with you? Well, that's kind of up in the air now, you know. So my yeah. whole, in a good way, my whole um, plan is kind of turned upside down because my oldest daughter, who I homeschool, she we got kind of a rhythm going on, and um, she is fourteen, so she does a lot of it on her own, and we work together. I work on my book while she is, um, you know, doing her work. But um, so I got to figure that out. How this is going to look for me to continue working on book three while I have all three girls home. And my my son is going to be home now, so um, it's going to be. I a think there thing. there's something could work out in there, like your maybe. son and the girls, and maybe it's possible. You working, so, yeah. I think mm -hmm. they might drive him crazy, so we'll see. So <laughs> I just have this picture of like an old hound dog with like little kittens like climbing on the head. I don't know why. That's just how I picture the relationship, right? It's a little bit more with the oldest stepson, actually. Yeah. Like, um, and then he gets fed up with him and he shakes him off. That's pretty much my <laughs> oldest stepson. Um, Spencer kind of fit, like, kind of gels a little bit better with him, but still, he's used to being with twenty-one-year-olds at college, yeah. and so yeah. you know, we'll see. Well, how this this might be a refreshing change for him. 
I just, can I, yeah. Can I just throw in here? I mean, depending on how your kids are, like I'm going to sit down with my kids and we're going to have a heart to heart because Spencer might be really scared. And that's what made me think of it. I thought of it because I thought about how scared Spencer must be. And I've been kind of really lighthearted with my kids and we haven't really talked anything serious, but I am going to sit down with them and we're going to talk worst case scenario and what that means and how it's all going to be okay. And I right. forgot that I had wanted to mention to our audience, depending on how your children are, they might just need a heart to heart about like, Mm -hmm. We've got this. And even if things get whatever level bad, it's going to be okay because, and mm -hmm. they just maybe need to hear directly those words from the people in charge of them or in, in, you know, over them. And the, part of the reason why they have pre-birth classes when you're pregnant is because information has this way of dispelling fear. Mm. So having information and knowledge can, can lessen fear. And so I think that there's a lot of benefit to just giving children the facts and not, not letting them imagine some thing that's probably not even reality. Yeah, I got to say what made me think of this is my kids have no concept of like rationing food. And if it gets to a situation to where the shelves are bare and I'm only giving them like a dish full of food, they're gonna be like, what? I'd be like, yeah, this is it for like 12 hours. So like they need to be prepared that it could be like that, right? I'm not saying it's gonna be, but you know, just prepare them for an eventuality that could happen. Right. Right. So I feel like we, are we Shanghai Jennifer's what's next? Yeah. Sorry, Jennifer. Are you done? <laughs> no. uh, pretty much. I mean, it's really just going to be about um, me working, continue to work on the book, writing these new chapters, which I'm loving. Um, but it's also taking some research and I didn't bring the books over here. I'm doing um, some research on prohibition and mm. murder in the upper <laughs> peninsula, which is kind of fun. Well, the murder. That part, sounds I mean, fun. The really research fun is fun. The research is fun. Right. So yeah, I look, I look forward to it. Will's going to go on a lot more adventures, I think, than what I had originally planned. So yeah, it's good. So that's mm -hmm. what's up for me. That's what's next, not what's up. Awesome. Awesome. So do we have anything else to say before we sign out? All right. Mm -hmm. Somebody I know always says, are all hearts clear? Yeah, <laughs> I, I was just wanted to say, and what exactly Aww. does that mean? But anyway, um, so this concludes this episode of the Christian Indie Writers Podcast. And until next time, may your pen be prolific, may your deadlines be met, and may all of your words honor Christ. Bye. Bye